Anchor, Anchor, Anchor. This is the best platform to use for podcasting. They have everything that you need in one place. If you know me, then you know that I'm not tech savvy. I didn't know how to record. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to do anything. But Anchor is so simple and easy to use. And you can make money. So if you are a podcaster or thinking about creating a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. If I didn't have Anchor, there wouldn't be a Disaster Dating 101 podcast. Right now, download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey ladies, I know you guys love, love, love clothing that makes you feel good. Make sure you check out the luxury African-inspired clothing brand Rayma, based out of Toronto. Order today at www.rahyma.com. Use discount code podcast101 and save 15%. I love this brand and I know you guys will love it too. Again, that was www.rahyma.com. Check it out and save on your next order. How you doing today? I'm I'm good. How are you? Ah, you know, it's hump day. You know, just gotta get over the hump. <laughs> it ain't always all smiles and giggles like on that Geico commercial and shit. Yo, 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 Mike, what day is this? Hump day. Right. Looking forward to this little short week, yo. It's a short week in DC, DC government this week, so I'm I'm all good with that. That's good. Why, man? Here trying to be as creative as I can. <laughs> hey, time and time and place for that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, I'm excited to see what comes out of this creative mind space of yours. Yeah, I, I am too. See what I'm working with over here. The world needs it. Let's go. Let's do it. So yeah. I, I'm excited about this topic. You know what? I ain't gonna say nothing about the topic yet. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to be triggered already. Okay. <laughs> oh, so in that case, are you ready? I am so ready. All right. Welcome to Disaster Data 101. I'm Natasha Renee. And I'm Antoine. Come join this disastrous journey where we talk about our dating horror stories. Real issues. And how we can work through these issues in today's society. And today's episode is Hobosexuals. Can't live with them. Can live without them. We gotta change the name though. We gotta change the name. We can't call them hobosexuals no more. That might be a little. Um, that might be a little 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 PR nightmare for us, right? Oh, oh, so we're gonna we're gonna no. call them we're gonna call them homeless sexuals. Homeless. Sorry. Homeless sexuals, right? Um. Because that's a that's a that's a new thing right now. Um, it's not gender specific. It, it isn't. You know, um, but I'm a I'm a put on my Derek Jackson hat, oh, and, I'm a, and I'm a and I'm a and I'm gonna expect a little more from the guys who do that shit. Like I'm a I'm gonna press the fellas out on this one, and I need you to hold the women accountable on this because they both do it, right? I, uh, I don't know any women. And for, and for so so since. 
since men are always usually automatically uh, talked about as the ones who are, you know, exhibiting certain traits that we talk about in these these topics, homeless homeless hom- homeless sexual is is one of the more uh, gender universal ones that uh, men still catch a lot of hell over. So for those who don't know, homeless sexuals, or homosexuals, if you know it, homeless sexuals, you know, is somebody that you're seeing or you're dating, um, and you're just noticing that they're always at your house because they have nowhere to stay. They have no really where else to go, you know. Um, and so your house becomes very comfortable. It becomes their home. It becomes their home. It really does. In the in the course of you guys is. Um, semi-interaction, in, in, dating, seeing no, each no, other, sleeping sleeping with each other. Like it does, it, here's the thing. You don't have to be in a certain aspect of your relationship or of a relationship or a situationship to, to encounter a homeless sexual. Uh, as soon as you start sharing your life with another person, they can instantly become one if it's, if it's in their trait line, you know. Uh, yeah, or, I've had two experiences with them. Really? Just two. Uh, the one I'll talk about, the guy, I think I mentioned it before, like he had, he had brung over a dining room table, which is so funny. I didn't, wow. Yeah, I was, I explained on an episode years ago, when my kids were smaller, I would do the whole, like I, my daughter was in a high chair, my son was in like one of the small chairs, so I felt no need to really have a dinette set at all. I got two little kids that sitting in smaller chairs. And so for a while, I didn't have a dinette set. So before I got one, came across a guy I was dating and he's like, hey, I got a, a dinette set in the storage. Let me bring it over. So I, like, I guess that's fine. So I brought over the dinette set or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he slowly started staying over longer. And then Somehow he was there. Every, like the way my work schedule was, um, he was there every time that I was at home and he slowly moved in. The the, the table was down payment. Yes, I feel like in the table was his down payment. So he the gave you first and last month's rent. <laughs> it was at me and my roommate, we were um we didn't have cable at the time. And the first right. one who was the homosexual, he got mm-hmm. a cable package. And so I feel like it. They they find well the guys find a way to buy something for your home so they can slide right in. Actually, you got the top tier part of it. Most <laughs> niggas, most motherfuckers just stay. They just they just come and stay. They just they're just always at your place. Now there's a couple reasons why somebody could be uh homosexual. Um, they could be living with their parents. Um, they could be living with shitty roommates. Yeah, and can, that, like that you know, st- still living, still living this whole dorm life situation. Um, you could have um, people who just feel like your home is nicer than theirs. Right? They they actually have some place to go. And that's the real, real low rung of it. It's like they really have some place to go, but they just stay up in your shit, right? They come in, they got a toothbrush, they got bags, they got a section in your, in your drawer. Um, you know, they leaving stuff over there because oh, I'll just be back to get it. 
right? Because they're spending oodles amount of time there. And the sad part is even when they have their own place and they just think your place is better, what makes them a homeless sexual is when they come into your home and they start to tell you how to run your house, how to run your house, right? They in there, they tearing you up, you know, cause that's, that's the, the, the main premise of if you got a homeless sexual, you know, because they're going to be overly trying to sex you up all the time. Right. <laughs> um, they in there tearing you up, tearing the fridge up, Turn the kids' games up. Turn the kids' snack ups if you got kids and shit. Um, I mean, motherfuckers is homeless and they looking for a place to stay. You know, you got mofo chilling up in his girl house three, four, five, seven days. That's a nigga. Hey, that's a mofo in there fucking for their life. Right? <laughs> I will say the one guy that I did talk to that was there, he was a chef. So he could. yeah, see, yeah, I mean, there's, you keep getting, you keep getting a barter. Ones. You're getting the niggas that's bartering, right? You know, listen, Bofo's life be on the line, right? Because if you put them out, where they going? That's true. I mean, we let's let's uh let's delve into your homeless sexual situation, you know, and I'll and I'll and I'll give some so I'll share some light on mine. Mine was a, a while ago, and I know nobody's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, 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 who you calling a homeless sexual? Man, listen. Like I said, it is, it is wide, it is wide. It's I, and I have to hear it because I don't know many women that are. Of course, you gonna say that. Of course, you gonna say that. All right, yeah. Go ahead. Let's get into yours. What happened? Move in. They where you, you, where you find this homeless nigga? At? Let's go. So, um, a dating site. That's where that's where they come from. Those dating sites. So stay away from dating sites. Did, was he completely homeless? No. Was, okay. was he was he a, or was he a basement warrior? Yeah, basement we'll warrior. Talk about the the second one because the second one has the best story. The this is the one with the, this the chef or the cable guy. This is the chef, not the cable guy. That's what we're gonna call them, chef and cable guy. Chef. chef. Okay. So and I'll call mine um, California Dreaming. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. So the chef, um, we were on a dating site and let's see, we started hanging out, going out, and I feel like a month in is when he brought the table over. And so the way my work schedule was, I would work Wednesday through Saturday. So mm-hmm. I was off Sunday, Mondays, and Tuesdays. So he would come over the days that I was off. Mm-hmm. And he was staying with his sister, I think. I don't know where he was staying at. I think he told me he was living with his sister because he was in, he went through a divorce. He was divorced. Okay. He's living with his sister. Mm. So then he slowly, like I said, he moved the table over. He slowly moved in with me. And oh, the I, chef brought you the table. Yeah, the chef. Of course. Mm. He wants to cook. Did y'all ever have sex on that table? No, we didn't have sex on the table. Okay. So he stayed there. Um, and, and the way I told you guys, you can date without your kids because my kids was not there while he was there at all. So he stayed there and 
things were going good until Easter came. Not on the Lord's Resurrection Day. <laughs> yes, the Lord's Resurrection. I feel like I, I have told this story on the podcast before, but what happened is he got his son for Easter and mm -hmm. we went to my home church at the time and we were in Philly and his family is from Philly, but you know, I stayed in Jersey. So we went over his mom's house. He told his mom he was coming over with his son to have dinner for Easter. I get there, all eyes are on me. And at that time, him and I were talking for three months at the time. When you say all eyes on you, what do you mean? Like you was the focal and point of the... Like, who the hell just walked in this house? He, you should have been like, his landlord, goddammit. <laughs> who, who is she and why is she here? So, oh, wow. He didn't give the family a heads up you was coming? Apparently not. So everybody was looking at me. Nobody wanted to. He introduced me. Nobody wanted to say like acknowledge me. It. We didn't eat dinner. We were there for like if if ten minutes. We were there. You think because they still like the last girlfriend? You know, sometimes <laughs> girlfriends, girls are the victims of the family loving the last girlfriend. No, it gets better. Mm. So this was on a Sunday. Come Monday, supposedly. He's having a conversation with his mom and his sister, and they want him to work things out with his supposedly ex-wife. So here's a quick off the topic. Me and his grandmother on his father's side in Texas, me and her used to talk all the time. She was the one who informed me that he was divorced also. So me, okay. me, me and grandma in Texas think he's divorced when he's not divorced. How did you and grandma get so tight? I, I got away with people. People like me. I don't know. She just started. We we talked. She was like, oh, my gosh, I like her. She's so sweet. And her and I had like a personal relationship. I used to call uh -huh. granny on my own. How, I mean, but how you get to that? I mean, how hard were y'all going that you got access to his grandma? Because Yo, he had called her and was like, I found the one. Uh, pan that camera around, man. You got you got voodoo dolls in there. What's going no. on? No, okay. Right. okay. <laughs> Away with people. All right, all right. okay. All right. You the one. You the one. He told yeah, me I was the one. You the you the one with, with free rent right now. But go ahead, go ahead. I know, right. That's that's all I was about was free place to stay. Okay. So me and Granny was the only two who knew he was divorced. On Monday, supposedly, mom and sister was trying to get the pastor on the line. They trying to pray for him and all this other stuff. And then, what was it? Tuesday, I went in my car. Yeah, because I was off. He went somewhere and he had left his phone in my car and I saw he didn't have his phone. So me being detective, went to the car, opened the phone. Saw the text messages with the wife. And so I took the phone up and was like, call her now. I need this all nipped in the bud. I need to figure out what's going on. So when mm -hmm. he called the wife, this is exactly what he said. I'm not making this up. He was like, um, can you let Natasha know that it's over and that I'm with her and she's the one I want to be with? And the wife was like, what? What are you talking about? It's over. Um, you just came over here last week. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a clap let's get a clap for reality checks let's get a check for 
let's get a <laughs> let's get a clap for <laughs> record scratch. I wonder how you I know you're wondering how we got here. <laughs> let's get a clap for <laughs> we're trying to keep it real goes wrong. God damn. <laughs> ah, what is is she is she is she there? I said yes, he has me on speaker. So then I took the phone from him and her and I were talking and she asked me how long we had been talking. I said about three months. And she was like, he was just over here not too long ago. I felt something was wrong. She had told me that he was a liar, that like one time he came to the house and had like hickeys on his neck and told her that somebody hey. Yeah. What year was this? Please tell me it was the early 90s when this happened. No, this wasn't early oh, 90s. Was, we got Hickey's in the 2000s. Who getting Hickey's in the 2000s? This was 20... Mm-mm, don't even matter. So yeah, it's too old. That's like that's like not needing to show your ID because you're a birth... No, see, as soon as you said... It doesn't matter. As soon as you said too old, right? <laughs> that's like not having to get carded because your birthday year starts with one nine. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> nah. This the hickeys in the 20s. How he went and said that it was a bruise or something. And then no, she, we don't have to go there. It, yeah. Once you said hickey, he, he just he's in my lame-o. He's in my I put him on the list for lame-o. He's well, a lame-o well, list. <laughs> my well, lame-o I'll list. Remember that the chef will be a, a part of the conversation of dating someone to for convenience remember that whole what you sent me today that's right. who it is it's the chef right he's going on and talking about how he always lies and that they were only separated because their their child had passed away a couple of years ago and he had said mm-hmm. that he had needed space and hold on it gets better and she was like i thought it was weird when he came by the house and asked for the table the table <laughs> The table. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The table is an Indian giving shit. The table's Indian giving. He regifted a table. Ooh, and that table was already in your house when you found out. Yes, it was. Th- it was like. Three- oh, did it, did it? Had you eaten on the table yet? I, I feel like it was just there, just to be there. I mean, I got I got a table in the background here. Y'all can't see it because I'm trying to blur my background out so you can not see how dirty my apartment is. But there's a table on there. But I I, I don't understand why I have it. I don't understand why I have it. I haven't eaten on that table since the day I brought it home from IKEA. And the only reason I still have it is because it's it's got shit on it. Literally has shit on it. Like not well, literally the shit. But like even after he got, even after he took the table and left, and you know when he left. It took me like a year or two still to get a dinette set. And even when I got one, the kids didn't really eat at the table like that. We just took pictures at the table like we were eating at the table. But no, she was telling me that like she thought it was strange how he had came here and got the table. She had asked if we sleep together. I was like, yes, he literally has lived, moved himself in my house. But by that Friday, he was gone and he went back to her. Wow. So you so the, so the equivalency of your hobo homosexual because I keep saying hobosexual because it's it's just the word is ingrained but it's we're gonna try to use homeless sexual <laughs> uh, we don't want to call nobody hobos out here uh, homeless sexual which is an actual homeless is an actual legal term that you can use without offending anybody but um 
How long did that? So I guess how long was the extent of his homeless sexual? We we used to call in Baltimore. We used to call them uh, homeless episodes. So how long was his homeless episode with you? With us, it was like for um, like I said, for us, we were dating for like four four or five months. Five months. So out of five, okay, so Matter out fact, of a, it was long. I'm gonna tell it was longer than that because my sister, her birthday is in December, and he was not. So five months, if we say five, is it? It was five months. So we say five months, half a year, right? That's anywhere between uh, 20, 24 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So out of 20, uh, so out of those weeks, seven days in a week, how many of them days was he at your house, at your place? Out of seven days a week, he was there. I feel like um, three, at least three days out the week, because when I used to work in Philly, I used to stay at my cousin's house. So I never, I would go, I would go to Philly. So actually it could have been more if you were home more. There when I wasn't there too. So yeah. So, so any, oh, well, he was there when you weren't there? Yeah. Oh, he had his key. He had a key. He had mine. Like he would drop me off at work and then go back there. Mm. 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 Okay. So looking back at it now, realizing that he was he 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 was being a homeless sexual, um, how do you feel about it? Like what is what do you what how do you look at it now? Because like before, like when you told me we was gonna talk about this today, right? When you told me you was gonna talk about this, um I was thinking to myself at work today when I was like thinking about all of the stuff that we wanted to cover. Like, okay, like when do you when do you realize that you've had a homeless sexual in your life? What did you ignore about the homeless sexual in your life? Uh, or did you even know, did you even know that's what what it was? Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in the person just being around. So I wasn't wrapped up. Okay. So for me, that was the moment when I decided to settle. And that's why I said, we'll get more into the settling part on a whole different episode. I mean, I think y'all should burn that word at the stake, but okay, go ahead. So for me, I kind of looked at how it was convenient. How can I utilize this person in my life? And I, and I was a hundred percent. So then it technically almost. Some of the things that I did. Because so you so you nurtured this homeless sexual situation. What she said? You nurtured this homeless sexual. Situation. I did because I wasn't really attracted to him, so I knew that like him dating me would be like, oh my gosh, I'm dating somebody. And I, I will say this: the majority of a homeless sexual situation is some type of weird, unspoken barter, right? Like if I'm over there. Or you're over here, or whatever you know. What I'm saying, vice versa. There's some, there's, there's some type of exchange, some type of mental, honest, assumed exchange that is happening. Something that justified the extended stay without the invoice. You know I, what I mean? I forced the. I did like for me, it was it was me going back into dating, and I hadn't dated in a while, and how we talk about dating with a purpose. That's how I saw things. I didn't just 
after that, I started that member when I told you when I hit 30 and all, I was just like, I free that whole situation really opened my eyes to dating and people and how people are. So when we met on the site, I was like, uh, he's not my type, but he's really nice. He's sweet. Mm -hmm. he, he was charming. He was. And just listening to him and a lot of things that he went through, he kind of got me into like, oh my gosh, he's so he's such a nice guy, regardless of if I'm really attracted to him. Because even and when I don't want to really get into jobs, but even the job aspect, he lied to me about his job. And I still stayed in the situation. And what hurt was I had in my head that I was going to make this work. We were going to be together. This was going to be the person for me because things were fine. It was nothing wrong with that whole situation. Like we had even talked about, like I even said to him, like, hey, you know, if 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 we're still dating within the next six months, you know, because he did help out with the rent and my bills. So I was like, you know. I can't stay in this apartment. So if you're still around, we need to really kind of look at where our we need to come back to this relationship and look at how it is. Right. When when he left, even after saying to his wife, like, even though I didn't know it was his wife, because again, he had told me and grandma that he was divorced. Mm -hmm. Even in, in the denial of this is who I want to be with, Tasha is the person I want to be with. When he left on that Friday, I was just devastated because it was like, how is it? It took for you to go over your mother's house for everything just like that to change. Well, you got to be, it's, it's hard. You know, that, don't, don't beat yourself up with that one because like they were married. It's kind of but a weird thing. When I tell to, you when to, grandma, when I tell you after the whole situation, I was still talking to grandma. Grandma was like, Babe, she was like, Tasha, I don't think like he really convinced grandma. She because she was like, Tasha, I don't think that she was like, I think his mother had something because it was his dad's mom. <laughs> she was but like, here's the thing it it's, I mean, it, it could be here's the thing, it, it could have been a lot of things, right? Grandma could have been right, you know what I'm saying? But no, at the same no. time, the, the, the soul ties of breaking a family approved marriage is always going to be. Impossible. If you got a guy who isn't completely divorced or he's freshly divorced, you still you got to give him time to maturate because it's too much. It's too much. It's, it's too easy for people to backslide. Even just in regular relationships that don't even require a marriage. You know, you just freshly broke up. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sit back and watch and make sure you don't run back to your ex. He, he has said, and technically, and I will say. They hadn't lived together for way, even though it doesn't justify, they hadn't lived together for way over, I think it was like almost two years. Mm. That was, and that's why it, I, I guess it hit me so much because it was like, y'all really wasn't together, but you know, how did I get in this? Why would you lie? You know, right. I, I was, I was hurt. I, I will say I was really hurt. And then that's when I kind of opened my eyes up to like, you can't settle. Like, if you want something, go for what you want. Because even the guy who may seem like it's easy to date may not be easy to date. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I almost want to hear about this other guy. I want to hear about this cable guy too, though. I do kind of want to hear about this cable guy. You claim the story is not the story is not better, but I feel like it is. I feel like it's just as good. It just depends on how you tell. No, it. It's it's not. Um, <laughs> the the cable guy. It was. Um, what what was his claim to fame? Like, how did he get in? Was he in just off a of cable alone? You want the truth? Yeah, fuck I that. Baby. Huh? <laughs> what? I had a baby. We have a child. Uh, <laughs> but that's how he slid in. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know. Okay. That was his claim to fame. <laughs> that, was, that was my claim to fame. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Do you think you could recognize a, a homeless sexual now? Yes. I think the barter blinds us. No, this time I can. I definitely do you, can. Do you know what the biggest... Well, I ain't going to say this because I'm not an expert, but in my opinion, you know what really causes homeless sexual... What? So homosexuality? Homeless sexuality. <laughs> Take a pause for that for a minute. <laughs> homeless sexuality. Because we, we could... We become everybody becomes complacent where we are. That's true. I mean, right? we we <laughs> enable we enable the behavior. We become complacent ourselves. The first of all, the homeless the homeless sexual, they're automatically cool with complacency, right? And it becomes it, it's born out of comfort. It comes out of comfort, right? You're you're comfortable, and once you become comfortable, you become real complacent. I don't. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to change anything. My situation wasn't as egregious but, as... But, but hold on. We're going to have to cut. <laughs> we have to cut it. Y'all can't, can't get my story into part two. Into part two, but you know what? Sex I actually <laughs> knew that our stories was going to take up a whole episode. That's why I really... The topics, I kind of put them in there because I was like, I think our stories alone will take up the whole episode. I mean, we, we're we're having a good we're having a good conversation about it. we we work through your homeless sexual issues and now it's time to work through mine. Yes, so we will end part one and we will come back with part two of homosexual, aka homeless. Sexual. Homeless sexual. We changing it. We're changing the name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will be back. Hey, Disaster Dating listeners. I know you guys may have heard me um, mention this brand before, but if you haven't checked out Love Accordingly Clothing on IG, you are definitely missing out. So right now, go to love underscore accordingly 215 on IG and place your order and tell them you listen to the Disaster Dating 101 podcast and you will save 20% off of your first order. The quality is great and you're getting a discount, 20% off. That was love underscore accordingly, 215. I know you guys won't be disappointed, so check them out now. All right, and we are back with part We're back. of Homeless 
homosexual. Homosexuals. We changed the name mid to, mid show. We changed the name mid show. We can't call them hobosexuals no more. We're yeah. trying to make sure that we're constantly being politically correct. Right. So, so we we so we're just uh, talking about homosexuals now. Hobo. <laughs> you want to call them hobos? You're a mean person. You're a mean spirited person, Tasha. You want to call people hobos? I mean, you didn't even have a hobo situation really yet. I mean, technically, hobo situations when they got nowhere to go and they're just <laughs> they're just couch surfers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they they're out here fucking you for their life, right? <laughs> they fucking you for your life, their life, right? Because if you if you put him out, he ain't got nowhere to go, right? He goes back to be a basement warrior or couch surfer. So you ain't got that extreme yet. Bless your lucky stars. Okay. <laughs> Have somebody out here fucking for his life. That's a whole different type of fucking you getting right there. God. And we are back. We ended the episode. We were about to get into Antoine's situation with his homosexual, but I saw the time and I had to cut it. So we're bringing him back in to discuss his homosexual situation. She only did that for dramatic effect, y'all. <laughs> but no, all right. So my situation was crazy because, I mean, I'm. I'm still living in this this apartment that um, my homosexual inhabited. Um, it's not a big apartment. It's it's very meager living for a single person, no kids and shit like that. Um, so um, you know, or maybe about a year or two after I moved into, I started a relationship, and it was her the homosexual really came from me, right? They were living in California. They did not want to stay in California. They wanted to live out here. Our situation was kind of just starting. So my dumbass <laughs> made the the biggest, hey, you know, you could just you could just live here until you find a job and find a place. So she didn't even have a job. She just, she wanted to get out of California. Our relationship was just starting. She wanted to be here. I wanted her here. So I just like, fuck it. Now, I thought we was good because we both felt the same way about cohabitation. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to cohabitate unless we was engaged or, you know, married more, more like at least engaged first and then married Um, because I'm an only child. So the the thought of cohabitation is a little off to me because one, it's not a lot of space in here, so you just like you can't really go to your corners. You're you're right on top of each other. Um, and again, I'm just like I said, I'm an only kid. I lived I, I lived a large part of my life to myself. So anyway, I you know I bang bang on my chest. Yo, what's up? What's good? You could you could just stay here <clears throat> now. The problem was, as we got into our relationship and we got into living together, she got comfortable. I let it, I allowed it to get comfortable. I did not press her about moving out. I didn't press her about the job situation, which was tenable because it was hard for her to get a job. You know, this is like around 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, and so I found myself like, just having her live here now i'm working two jobs you know i'm paying all the bills here um 
the all she had to do was like really just kind of get groceries or you know try to help out here and there maybe keep the motherfucker clean you know what i'm saying like I, she won't really go to work i was um so it, it made it made arguments a little heavier because i'm one i'm tired and i'm stressed um and now I'm starting to get to the, I'm like, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting, there's a period where you start to see the homelessness, so right? I the homeless sexual baby. But again, I created it because I moved her out here. Now, here's the problem. We had a big hiccup in our relationship when she first was heading out here. And so when she got here, we was in a really bad place, right? And I said, you know what? This is like uh, maybe like July, August. I said, listen, if you're that pissed, you can you can still come. So because I know you really just want to be here because your situation at home isn't ideal. You're living back at home with your parents and your family, and it's a it's a big family house. Everybody's in there, like three generations in there. Right? It's just you've been living on your own in school, and now you got to go back to that. And you really want to be somewhere else. You feel there's more opportunity here. All right. Cool. You know, if you want to stay, you can stay here so that you can have just a central location to get what you need done. I said, but you got to go back to, you got to go back out to California for your sister's wedding. If you honestly feel like you can't live with me, you can't be in this relationship with me. When you go to California, just, you know, you don't have to come, you don't have to come back here. You know, you could just, you could stay here and you could stay here until you try to find something and then, you know, go to California. And hopefully when you come back from California, you have something or you just stay in California if you don't want to be in this relationship with me no more. I gave her that option. What she, she do? Chose, she chose to stay. Okay. All the way. <laughs> cool. All right. But sometime around after that, when she came back, the job, the job hunting wasn't so aggressive. Got it. And I really, I really truly believe that she had got comfortable living here. And the sad part was the more she was getting comfortable, the less I was. Makes like, sense. It was, it was starting to get like, it was starting to feel like my own home wasn't safe anymore. It, and, and people know me, my home is my safe space. It's my little, it's my world to me where I don't have to, I could be on, I could be off, I could be moody, I could be in my feelings, I could be detached. Um, Kind of being an only child and being a, a, a the the only, only child. <laughs> like, Not I mean, I have a, like, like I have a half sister, but we only live together for a few years of my life. Like, she's my, she's my dad's other daughter. Um. So really, and then being a latchkey kid, I was home alone, like a lot. So I wasn't feeling that in my own home no more. You know, I, and, and it was a little weird shit. Like, she'll be mad. So she'll be texting me inside the house. My ex. Oh, we talked about that. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm right here. Like, talk to me. Like, what the fuck are you texting me? And like, her, like, her passive aggressiveness started to like 
become my passive aggressive and I'm not even passive aggressive at all. Like I was just like, Oh my God. And then, you know, when it finally blew up and I was like, yo, you gotta go. Like, I remember I was, I was, I was, I was, I was getting up cause I was on like my last written for my part-time job. Cause I was just late so much. Mm-hmm. Cause I was tired. It's in my first few years of teaching and I got another job and I'm about to start going to school and it was just a lot. And I, and then like shit at home wasn't cool. And then our last blow up right before I'm like rushing to get out here to go to work and she's trying to have this dramatic moment. I just snapped. I was like, look, when I get home, you shouldn't be here. Oh God. I don't care where you go. Your girl, I mean, because like her girl was here too. Like her girl came in town and she was staying with us. And um yes. well, she was staying with us for the weekend, but okay. she but she also has she had her own place somewhere in Maryland, but it was like not it was still being built. You know what I'm saying? So she really didn't have it wasn't habitable yet. I'm like, yo, uh, you got to go somewhere. So she she ended up finding somewhere to go that night. And I was just like, yo, this ain't working for us. Like, I'm, I can't, I can't live like this. I refuse to live like this. Like, I had, it, it really got to that point before I was able to even debt it. And, um, and I'm like, like, you know, what, what happened to, you know, you kind of finding your own place and stuff like that, like, like we need this. Like you need to get out of here. Like we need our own yeah. place to, you know what I mean? Like, and even at the time, I kind of wasn't dead in the relationship, but it felt like it was heading that way. Because again, like I said, like if she if she had to just stay here, we would have would have wore the roses in here. It'd have been terrible. But like again, she didn't really have nowhere to go. You get what I'm saying? So did you? But she wasn't. But she also wasn't holding up any part of her 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 part of the unspoken barter. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And you making my only safe haven tenable. Like I like I I never feel like I don't want to go home. (laughs) There's never not a time where if I say you know what I'm just gonna go home where that sounds like a bad idea. (laughs) <laughs> so when I feel like I don't want to go home, I'm hiding out in Line Brothers' houses. I'm not going. I'm going to other. I'm going to friends' houses after work to try to just maybe should be sleep by the time I get home. It was tough. So how long were were you two together before you realized that enough was enough? The whole time she lived here. How long? From August to November of that year. That was okay. We was, but we here's the here's the kicker. We was only together. The first part of July is where we came together. Gotcha. Any anytime prior to that, we were hanging out. We were having fun. We hadn't made that leap. So there was a there were like three or four months where we were just hanging out kicking because we knew each other from school. Okay. We didn't even like each other in school. Somehow she was in town. I reached out, offered to hang out. 
I was a, I was a socialite back then, so like I had I was all over the place, and she enjoyed that part. That when is. she came, like I I put on a whole show of whirling her around DC, and so yeah, she wanted to be here, um, and and we got closer, and and it, and it was uh, we decided to take it there. Like I was stupid back then. I thought as soon as you like somebody, that's what you're supposed to do. So I did it, not not knowing, not understanding, getting to know somebody and seeing how they. I I was I was guilty of it too. So I I know when I speak on it. Like I know what I'm speaking on because I've I've done these dumbass things in the pursuit of my happy ever after or what I felt was how you're supposed to conduct yourself as a man. Is if you like somebody and she like you, then you're supposed to just. Make it happen, and that oh god, whew, that wake up was real. So you know, I encouraged that situation because again, I allow her to get comfortable, and when she got comfortable, she got complacent. You know what I mean? And and then the sad part was, I know that's not who she is as a person. One of the things I liked about her was her 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 constant need for forward momentum. But in the time that she lived here, I did not see it. And that that helped grew the, the little bit of resentment that came from that got compiled with all the other bullshit. So again, I, even though you guys, you guys might have these homosexual situations, you have to look at yourself and say, what are you doing to yeah. enable it? That's true. How did you feel afterwards? Oh man, our, our breakup was needed. Um, and you know, like I said, this is young me. I hadn't even hit thirties yet, so the streets was calling. You know, freshly single, the streets was calling. Um, and I, I, I allowed myself to drown in that bullshit, didn't really deal with it. Okay. But I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just put this out here for the record, and I have to say this: I'll never say her name. But I have to tell her, I have to tell her, and, and if she ever hears this, who knows? I doubt it. She's married now and she's happy. I only think she thinks about me at all. But I have to tell her she was right about something. You heard that, America? A man said a woman was right. <laughs> I'm saying that she was right. In her, in her anger about our breakup, she told me that I would never be truly happy until I deal with the bullshit in my life. And back then. I'm like, who the fuck is you to tell me that I got bullshit in my life? I, I, I was I was in 100% fake happy mode, yo. Right? I didn't realize that she was completely right. And it, that was, was it, 2006. What is it? So 15 years later, when I finally got all my shit together and I'm finally happy, I got to go back and be like, damn, she was right. Uh, but at the time, I was like, man, who the fuck she thinks she talking to? Like, I'm, I need to get my shit together. I'm good. No, I, I, I definitely I definitely agree with the <laughs> statement. Because like you just said, usually when we have these homeless sexual situations, it's something within us to allow it. Like, we are going through something in our lives to enable and allow somebody to come in and, right. and just it's Except the 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 mess. <laughs> it's it's a it's a like I said it's an it's an unassumed barter. Like it's a something for it's a quid pro quo really. Yeah. You know there's 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 that 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 is not spoken of 
And the situation, I mean, a homeless sexual situation can happen so fast. And again, we do the things. We give them keys. We give them the access. We give them the, you know, I mean, I'll, all right, how much time we got? We got a, we got a little yeah, time left? We got time. All right. So there was two situations where I was, quote unquote, almost a pseudo homeless sexual myself. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. And I'll say this. I'll say almost. Because the the first situation was, and you'll hear me talk about it. Um, we'll call her Superwoman. That's the woman who saved my life. Our situation in the beginning was so fast, the way we connected, right? It, it happened so fast. And she was in a place where I think she was she was she was looking for that consistency, that that aspect. And I was the person that was offering the best form of it at that point in her life. And so she she pulled me all the way into her access to the point where like she literally stopped coming here because I spent so much time at her place. Got it. And I had a key. Right? I had a key. Uh I would be there when she wasn't there, but that was mostly also because I was I was a I was a dog stepfather. Right. Wow. And so, so she didn't have to she unless I was unless I was traveling with her, I didn't have to she didn't have to board the dog. I would just go over there. I love the dog. I would, we would just kick it. Um so in that situation, technically, you know, I had some homeless sexual traits, even though I had my own place, still had my own place, still enjoyed my own place. I spent more time at her house. Than I did mine. Now, what would make this a pseudo homeless sexual situation is when we when we fell out, and she snatched that access from me. I remember the day she asked for her key back. I felt like I lost a piece of me in that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to let it go. I didn't. I was. I was so fearful of losing the access that I just rebelled. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that part to be gone. And I was like, damn, why am I tripping like that? Nigga, I got, I got somewhere I can go. Like I can be, I could be in my house, but I wanted that. So that was my one pseudo situation. My second pseudo situation didn't have nothing to do with a house, but this is where the barter was. That had something to do with a car. I didn't have a car at the time. She had a car. So you literally, you know, I would get up in the morning I would take her to work and I would come home. I would work and then I'd pick her up, come home, use the car to go back to work. Right. Uh, but she, she stayed with her parents. So okay. what was a more comfortable situation? Your house. My house. Right. So there goes that there's that un undisclosed yeah. unassumed barter. I, yeah. I'm using the fuck out this car. No, no lie. It's helping me. And you're giving me shit about the car sometimes. But you over here more than you at home. Right? You only go home when you upset. Got it. Any other time you hear, you got all your, you got shit here. Beauty products and shit you hear. So I'm like, you know, why am I like when I would catch hell about the car, which again I didn't ask for. You're you're offering the car to help me 
because we're in this thing together, right? And the car just sits while you're at work all day, right? So, boom, you're doing this. But again, you're spending four or five days out the week here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we, we've, we've done it. Some of us have done it. Some of us have experienced it. Some of us have done both. Yeah, I, I it's, it's a thing. It's like a real thing, and there's but there's levels. There's still levels to it. Like yeah. everybody doesn't have the same homeless sexual experience, and sometimes you can be guilty of it and not realize it. But we also have to acknowledge the fact that this homeless sexual um, experience basically comes from the other side, low key enabling, right? But but then it's the it's the other side like like you said it's it's a barter like they want something out of it and you're you're getting something out of it also because when you mentioned the dog sitting that happened with me with the guy where I was always at his house and I had just gone through my breakup with my ex so I end up going back to my grandparents so technically. Hey, I would rather be at his house. And the way he worked is he would he worked away. So he was never home until the weekends. So I'm like, hey, I'll take care of your dog and your cat just so I can have a place. You know what I'm saying? I got a place to myself. I don't have to pay rent. You're not here. So I'm not like I <laughs> and then when you was, was a homosexual yourself a little bit, huh? I was, and I, I, and it was. I remember it was a moment when he was there, and he wanted to like move stuff around, or he he wanted to clean some of his things and trying to move certain things around. And I always cleaned up there, but what he wanted to do, it had nothing to do with me or anything. And I was like, he got mad, and I was like, why are you upset? This is your stuff this is your mess like i'm not cleaning like what do i have to do with your mess like this is just stuff this has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. and felt some type of way like well you hear why can't you help with this and and that was a whole issue and i told him i'm like i help with this 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 i babysit your dogs i go get this stuff why are you expecting me to do something with something that belongs to you this is not mm. my property. I did not agree to this. And I remember that's when it started getting like real iffy and, and weird. Mm. And that was the guy had popped up on when the chick was there or whatever. Because it was like, oh, yeah, that guy. I'm there all the time. I literally live here. And you going to bring somebody over here and, and then lie to me about it? Let me just pop up. Mm. So, what did. What did, what, did, what did you learn from your experience or what did you, how do you feel about the term now that you realize that you've had your own bouts with it? Because a lot of people who don't, a lot of people who, who, who turn their nose up at it or I always have something to say about it, maybe have experienced it on their end too. I mean, as has lived or have exhibited some homeless sexual traits and they didn't know about it. Now that you've seen both, you've experienced both sides of it. I mean, how do you view the term? How do you view the act? I mean, because it, it it can very well happen again. 
it, it, it could. And again, I feel like with these situations, it's both people. Like for me, when I did it, I was in a place where I wasn't comfortable. So I made myself and I wasn't even comfortable in his house. Trust me. It was so much ish to that. But I made myself comfortable. I adjusted to something I didn't want to adjust to because it was much more peaceful there because I was alone. And that's that thing with being an only child. It's like, hey, I get to wake up. I can deal with the dog, <laughs> deal with the dog every day. But it was like nobody was there. I woke up and I was at that time I worked. What was it? Two days in the hospital. I mean, two days in the office and three days at home. So it was like I would get up, do my work. And at the job that I had, I didn't have to get on at certain times. You know, mm. as long as I answered my emails, that was good. So for me, it was peace after coming out of a real bad situation. But I made my peace because I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because right. that's when I started going to therapy. That's when I started to realize that I needed to change things within myself. And that's when I realized that our whole relationship wasn't even really a relationship. Hmm. See, the thing with me was <clears throat> with the first situation, um, well, not the first one, but the one where I was, I had my own homeless sexual traits. I, like I said, I had my own place. But, you know, because she had the dog, she couldn't move like that. She didn't always want to leave the dog at the home by herself. Like, and she she enjoyed me over there. She gave me all of this access. And so I would spend the majority of the time there than I would spend here. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, did it, it did it make me a homeless sexual? It kind of did. You know what I'm saying? And when, you, when you're at somebody else's house more than you're at your own, it kind of does. Um, but again, it's what was required. Um, and like, again, we, we have, we, we, we own equal parts in the homeless sexual relationship. We really do. And I don't think that's talked about in social media posts when people are shitting on them. But no. like, oh, if this nigga just, the nigga like, girl, he, he, he living in your house doing your shit. He, he a homosexual. I'm like, yeah. How he get there? Yep. <laughs> How he get there? Right. Y'all be out here flexing y'all comfortable living and shit. And then you want motherfuckers up under you until he piss you off. Like I, I remember a situation with a, uh, a young lady and, and it wasn't anybody I was seeing. She was just telling me like he had his own place, but he was just acting like he lived here. I'm like, yeah, cause you let him. Yep. The first time you ain't check him when he stepped out of bounds. You gave him the access, you know, you whether it's a key or codes and shit. And you make him feel like this is home too. You hear people say it. No, oh, you good here. This is like your home too. And that gets that gets that goes there. And where they were where they were once uncomfortable about how comfortable they were acting. That shit, you start to erode that by making them feel like, oh, yeah, you good here? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So then my question would be, with these situations, can, can uh, something real come out of them? Yeah. It can. But it... 
But it, it really depends. It don't have nothing to do with the situation itself. It don't have nothing to do with the homeless sexual part of it. Most times we're we're creating these situations so that someone is 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 around us more. Yeah. Exactly. What is happening when you are around that person is, is what's matter. But here's the thing, because who knows? If Shorty had got her own place and job, we probably would have made it. We, well, outside of the fact that we was on two yeah. different We might have made it, right? Um, the situation in myself, we got a lot of, cl we got closer the more I was there. We, she was she was fun to hang out with. We 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 just kicked it all the time. We joke, we laughed, and stuff like that. Like so, it, it was good. We 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 had a lot of stuff in common. Um, so being around there was easy, which fed into the behaviors. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah, something could come. I mean, we was we was we was like that for five years. Yeah, I think something real can come out of it. It just depends on how that time is spent once you're together because the whole point, the whole, the whole premise behind a lot of, like I said, on homeless sexual beginnings is quality time. Yes. Whatever, like whatever situation gives you guys the most quality time. That's really what it is. No, you know, I definitely agree. Nobody wants to come home to an empty house after, you know, being out all day. Nobody wants to share an empty bed. Yeah, because even with my situation, if the guy wasn't, you know, lying about his situation, who knows? Because we were really, you know, talking about real stuff. So, I mean, possibly if he wasn't in the situation that he was in, I believe it could have worked out. I mean, and let's let's keep it real, Labine. Okay, it doesn't become homeless sexual situation until that shit goes bad. That's exactly. <laughs> so let's keep it all the way a bean. It's you ain't calling nobody a homeless sexual until that situation goes bad. All right. Then you start seeing the shit you ain't see when it was when you was in it. Uh-huh. Love yeah. Bliss. Yeah. 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 Now that nigga trifling. Now that nigga was <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, did he really do that? Yeah. Let's be honest. Why is he? The term doesn't come up. The term does not come up. It's a motherfucker is, is the relationship is dead. <laughs> so out of this this good conversation that we had, what what conclusions do you have or any tips you want to give our listeners today? I think that some of the hardest things that you have to say in relationships are no. And I don't think that's a good idea for us. Um, because in these honest conversations that we're having, we can we can eliminate a lot of heartbreak and a lot of of the labeling that comes after relationships go bad, um, because we're not we're not feeding the behaviors that encourage our relationship downfalls, right? Like I said, we talked a lot about this homeless sexual thing, but we really create it, and then we nurture it, and then we hate it when it doesn't work. Right, we call it out when it doesn't work. I think that we we should have more honest conversations. Hey, I you know what I I would love to come and see you, but you know sometimes I just like being in my own home. 
you know, and have it have it where you guys are sharing time at each other's home if you have your own homes. And then again, like before you move someone into your space or allow someone to overwhelm your space, make sure that you're in a place where you actually can receive that other force, spirit, soul in your life. You know what I mean? Like just we 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 do a lot of things out of convenience. We do a lot of things out of comfort, and those those are the things that create our own little private hells a little bit. And I think that um, we should just be a little bit more honest with ourselves and and be honest with our person, you know, whoever that person is in your life. Uh, because, like I said, these we 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 create a lot of our own chaos. We really do. Um, so I like to. I like to think that this conversation will help people see that we can, we can, we can be the change we want. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, for what me, about you? I would say um, happiness. You have to be happy within, and then even when you come into these situations, you have to know the terms of what this relationship is. When you move, mm. some, especially when you're not getting a space together. And when someone comes into your space, you have to know what the terms are. You have to know what your triggers are, your do's and don'ts, you know, because you're coming into somebody else's space or vice versa. They're coming into your space. So you have to discuss the terms. Like you said, you're only child. So I know how that is. I don't want somebody up under me every, every second of the day. I need some space somewhere. And, um, you know, those uncomfortable conversations have to be, said and if you're not happy with them living there get them out you know get them out (laughs) you don't have to deal with it it's not you know it's not forever if it if it does not make you happy don't sit in it amen so twine can we find you on social media uh you can find me on ig at my shit is pure comedy. You can also find me spending all my money at, at Honest Tees on social media uh, at honesttees.com. Support this brother. He's out here doing great things uh, in the fashion world. And he's using the money and his his influence that he's gaining from selling his merchandise to, to affect change in communities. I love that brother. He's a good brother. Shout out to my man, Andre Taylor. Um, um, yeah, Honest Tees. You can see me spending my money there, but my shit is pure comedy on IG. That's where you can find me. What about yourself? And you can find me on IG, Natasha Renee underscore the creator. And you can follow the podcast on IG and on Facebook, Disaster Dating 101 Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Disaster Date 101. This has been such a great, great, great season and i don't want season two to end but we have to come to an end right now thank you robin so much for being there since day one season one season two thank you robin and also thank you Antoine, for coming through at the last minute and making us laugh telling the jokes and also giving us a mel's point of view of things and i thank you for that because you did not have to do that but thank you so much for coming through And I want to thank the listeners. Thank you guys so much. Without you guys, we would not be here. But even though the season has come to an end, 
I will still be recording, so I didn't leave. And disaster dating is still around. It's just we're taking a break, as we usually do, to get ready and prepare for season three. So you can check out new episodes and also recap episodes on the Late Night Flight podcast. I provided the link in the episode description. It's more detailed. I get more into the stories, more laughs, and just being open the things that I felt that I may have missed on previous episodes, we get to really get into those episodes. So be sure to like and subscribe to the Late Night Flight podcast. It's new topics, new segments, and the same bad dating experiences. Nothing has changed, just a new platform. And again, thank you guys so much. I have a couple of projects that I'm working on. Um, while we're taking a break, but I have to thank you all again for the Disaster Dating Podcast. For that, I can't wait to see you guys next year for season three. Good night.